everyone, to another edition of the TMG Podcast. Uh, this is Chris Dufresne of TMG. The podcast uh, attendees, keep your noise to a minimum. Um, so uh, every, everyone watch their uh, microphones and uh, their distances. And their, somebody is really... Herb, is that you again? I'm gonna no, you. that is not me. All right, I'm blaming I'm Tony. holding my breath. <laughs> Last week you were eating breakfast, I think. <laughs> or having a snack. Well, I- I had my big, I had my big twenty mile bike ride. Well, you know this, uh, uh, you know this, the the technical, their technical, uh, you know, uh, precision of these podcasts is so refined that every little detail, you know, we have these thousand uh, dollar, uh, thousands of dollars of equipment at stake here. Not really, we have Skype. Anyway, let's move on. Uh, before we get started, we always want to thank and introduce our sponsor, APBA APA, the unchallenged king of quality sports strategy games, APAGames.com. And um, Mark Blauchin, we always ask you, I got a lot noise, noise, fellas, pencils down. Uh, we always bring in Mark because Mark has been playing APA since uh, the, the 50s. Um, the late Joe DiMaggio era, era I believe, uh, <laughs> when, uh, and, and you, but you've been playing the games. I was talking to you earlier about, uh, uh, some of the, div- the division, uh, the, the uh, divisional game you played yesterday, which was pretty interesting. Tell us what happened with the Astros and the Red Sox, uh, in well, your game. I had a tie game between the Astros and the Red Sox in the, in the, in the uh, top of the eighth innings. And Jackie Bradley Jr. was up with the bases loaded and struck out on APBA. Wow. Now, in real life, he hit a grand slam home run, and that was the game. And then the Astros won the game in the ninth inning, according to APBA. So we're a little bit off on the results. But there, but I was just, I just couldn't believe it. When I came up and watched the game last night, I said, oh, my goodness, look at this. Wow. So the situation <laughs> well, was pretty close. I would think that the people in uh, Texas will be making a lot of APBA purchases based on that. <laughs> That's right. They, they, they want to they accept that result <laughs> rather than the other well, one. Well, I have advanced in the football game. I can't quite do a whole game, but I, I can't do the kicking game well. But I've got an Iowa-Wisconsin game going, and... Wisconsin goes down the field, and then Iowa very stout in the red zone. So uh, <laughs> that attests to realism. Yeah, and uh, you know this is kind of a throwback, and there's a simplicity to this game that is sort of lost on today's generation. And they should probably, it, but you could really lose yourself in an afternoon. You guys, we all remember when we were kids, the World Series was on all the all more day games. Uh, yes. And oh yeah. How many of us have stories of trying to sneak? Uh, I remember, you know, if you, if you had a, if you're lucky enough to have a teacher that would bring a TV set, you know, into the room so you could, you know, watch part of the World Series games dur- during the day. And those are some of you know memories. You just try. How am I going to find out what's going on? Uh, right. But uh, you know now, uh, now now the games end. Uh, at three o'clock in the morning, like like last night's Dodgers uh, uh, Brewers game went thirteen innings. Uh, it just it was mind boggling. There were more. There were like twice as many pitchers as used in the game as as hits, which is kind of a uh, and and probably more strikeouts. Uh, you know, than Walter Johnson threw. Uh, it just it's a, it's a it's a different game than the one that, that we knew. And I know we're old uh, fuddy duddies about this, but. I don't know if you guys like today's game. I know we're off subject here, but I mean, is this is this attractive baseball to anybody? 
You know, I, 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 I agree. I mean, it's too, it's, it's, it's too, uh, it's just not enough action. I mean, there's too many, you know, trips to the mound and, and shaking off and coming in and out of, you know, batters walking in and out of the box. I mean, it's just mind-boggling. Every game is three hours. Yeah, and the participants, you know, I was I was watching a little bit of the game last night, and, and you see all these shots of these tense fans who are hardly moving, tense players and managers and coaches, and it's it's such a contrast to, to college football where everybody is, you know, going bananas. And in baseball, it's like the only people that are moving are the, the pitcher and, and the batter. It, 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 it's a wonderful cerebral game, but it is, it's hard to watch for me at this point, unless it's, unless it's the Cubs and then it's so tense that it, it's hard to watch in that regard. Right. Well, it used to be that that was, that was the appeal of baseball, is that there, there was no time clock, there was no pacing, there was none of that. But as time has gone on, people just don't have the, the wherewithal to sit through a three, three-and-a-half-hour baseball game. Well, they, 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 they need to they need to do something about the pace of play. Don't know what they can well, do, it, but they it, need to try. It's, it's it, so right, Tony. You know, I, I have a lot of examples of that in, in uh, the Run Don't Count, my 1908 Cubs novel. <laughs> uh, Ed, Ed uh, Rulebach pitched a double header, won both ends of a shutout, and the time of both games combined was a little over three hours. Yeah, wow. yeah the, you know, it's a different era, obviously, but yeah, when you start pushing games beyond two and a half hours, you're really testing but people's attention. It's this, uh, but it's this mentality and, and, and council, the, uh, the Brewers manager has taken this to the umph degree where, where you're using, you know, pitchers, so many pitchers and the time stoppages. And then everything, everything's a swing for the fences or a strikeout. Uh, and then you got guys that, and everyone's shifting. They're putting three guys on one side and nobody's bunning out, you know, away from the shift. Everyone's hitting into the shift. Uh, and I know, you know, John Smoltz is kind of going nuts on this on on the uh, on the broadcast, and he's kind of being called out as kind of an old fuddy. But a lot of this, he's right. It's just I don't know what's what's going on. And I guess if if your team's in it, you're very excited, you know, and, and nothing matters. But uh, you know, if you're a casual fan tuning in and you're not a you don't have a dog in the hunt. Uh, I don't know how exciting this can be, but you know, uh, that's a that's a uh, subject for for another day, I guess. But we we've already touched on. It. Let's get to our sport, much more exciting sport, college football. And man, we had a we had a wild week weekend. Uh, a lot of a lot of big boys uh, went down, um, and this happens every year, once or twice or three times. Tony, Mr. College Football, let's let's go to you. Give us give us the sh- the kind of the, the shakeout of uh, of the major losses uh, in in the top ten or top fifteen last weekend, and what it means for all of us. Well, I think you know we we, we had been due. I think I talked to Blau about this. We we had not had one of those absolutely insane weekends, and then we did, and it was uh, incredible to watch. And the thing about it is, when everybody loses, then you really don't change a ton, but I'm sitting there looking at the, the new AP top 25. I mean, West Virginia lost, uh, you know, obviously Georgia lost. I was at that game. The, the, the point is, is when you have that many ranked teams, I like seeing that happen two weeks right before we get the first set of college football playoff rankings. It yeah. was, uh, 
it was something to watch. Yeah, Mark, uh, uh, Jersey guy, let's bring you in, Mark Blauchin. Uh I thought I think it was, I think Tony's right. It really didn't change too much in the in the SEC. I mean, there, obviously it did, but I think the biggest losers of the weekend were the Pac-12 and the Big 12 uh, potential champions getting left out with with Notre Dame now seven and zero. And and the the strongest Pac-12 team now is 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 Oregon. It's not even in the top ten. Uh, they're like a group of five uh, team right now. And then uh, and then the Big Twelve, West Virginia, uh, West Virginia losing gave everyone in the Big Twelve a lot, uh, at least one loss. So fill us in, Jersey guy. Well, that we, we I talked about that a couple of weeks ago. That the Big Twelve is the problem is the parity is that everyone's going to play each other, which I mean is good in a way. But, but they also, I mean, they're going to beat each other up, and, and, and there's no super good team there. I mean, Oklahoma lost to Texas. Now, what's the team lost to Iowa State? I, th- I think that champion is going to have two losses, so that will be in front of picture completely. Did, did they make a mistake by going to the adding the championship? Everyone, they sort of had to do it, add the championship game to that league. I, I think they, they, they should have compromised. I'm, I'm not a big fan of this, but take, but take five and five. And have two divisions, like sort of like the the uh, American Athletic Conference has a fight, you know, has has two divisions like that, even though it's twelve teams, and do it that way rather than have play a round robin, because right now you you, can, you might have Oklahoma like, with Oklahoma lost, but but you have uh, the prospect of Oklahoma playing with the team two weeks in a row for the mm-hmm. one for the regular season and one for the championship game. That's not going to work. Right. Um, Herbie, let's well, go ahead, it, Tony. I was going to say it, it was a bad, bad weekend. To reemphasize for the Big Twelve and the Pac Twelve, yeah, because because listen, no, Notre Dame going twelve and zero is their worst nightmare. Yeah, and so they, they if I'm the Big Twelve, I'm really worried because you know you're going to get you know you're going to get a team from the SEC. You feel real confident that Ohio State or somebody from the Big Ten and Clemson if they go undefeated, and so the the, the last spot, uh, the, and if they got two losses, Pac Twelve. And Big 12 ain't getting the last spot. Well, I mean, the, the Pac-12 with, with one loss might not get it. If, if Oregon, I mean, Oregon, I think Oregon's a pretty good team. Uh, uh, but, uh, you know, they don't have the, the schedule strength. Uh, right now, they're, they're, they're fighting with, I think it's an interesting question. If, if Oregon, you know, a battle between uh, 12-1 Oregon and, and 13-0 Central Florida, you know, that's like that. What, what happens there? I mean, that's that's an interesting. That might be their fight. Um, Herbie, let's bring uh, you in on, on a couple of teams that you follow that, that have a dog in this hunt, as we say. Notre Dame uh, again, the uh, the elephant in the room in the in the college football playoff. Uh, as I, you know, we talked about this last week. Watch out for Pitt. Watch out for Pitt. We, we kept saying Pitt has a history of doing this, and they almost did it, but didn't. Um, the Irish uh, got by. Uh, is that a wake-up call for the Irish? or You, 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 I, you know, I, I, I don't think so necessarily. I mean, I, I, I mentioned that in my Notre Dame roundup this week. You know, they had the same deal. They had a triple overtime win against Pitt. That's right. When they went to the championship game in 2012, a week after their huge win at Oklahoma, I think this Notre Dame team, what I'm starting to feel is that they've got all the pieces in place. I mean, now that said, they certainly can lose because any of these teams is capable of, of, of handling them, you know, on, on an upset day. 
but they've got a really nice defensive thing going on. And uh, the quarterback, the fact that he got through that game with a W is huge for Ian Book. Dexter Williams is sort of the question mark in my mind. He, a senior running back who had two monster games and then really was shut out by, by Pitt. I, I think Notre Dame going forward is they're, they're in a good place and you know, they, they're going to have to handle that schedule. And, and, and there are a lot of teams that, that could, could potentially beat them. But you look at every one of these teams, every one of these teams in the playoff hunt. And, and I think they all have a tougher single opponent left with the possible exception of, of Clemson. Um, well, like I said, we don't know. We talk, we, we like to, we, we like to project forward and, what if, you know, Notre Dame does this or that? But, again, uh, we don't know what kind of USC team Notre Dame's going to face at the end of the year. USC's won, you know, after another slow start. Uh, they're they're kind of getting it together. They won three straight. They're four and two now. You know, they could be – they could very well win the South again and be a ranked, uh, you know, mid-team ranked opponent when Notre Dame plays them. So we just don't – You know, they could. And, and also, I mean, go, Northwestern is a team that – Started slow again for the second straight year, and and you kind of forget about them. Last year they started two and three, finished ten and three. I'm certainly not going to predict that this year, not with a Wisconsin Notre Dame back to back. But they are a team that's capable of winning if if Notre Dame doesn't come up with the kind of performance it needs. You know USC. Those are those are the two obvious ones. I mean Syracuse has played really well at times this year. Navy, even though they're down, that, that crazy stuff that they do has befuddled Notre Dame in the past. I mean, you can go down the list. Um, well, yeah. I think, yeah. You know, it's a Jackie Stadium, Herb. What? I know that. I know that. And, you know, that, that's what I'm saying. And then I think Florida State is a game we aren't even talking about. You know, and, and, and no matter what we say about Florida State not playing well this year, uh, there's a lot of hit, you know. There, there's a lot going on there that, that you know you, you wouldn't be like totally shocked if a Florida State went into South Bend and and played its butt off. I mean, not any more so than a lot of these upsets we're seeing. Uh, we we've taken a lot of uh, shots and uh, deservedly so at at Jim Harbaugh in Michigan and what's wrong and you know could he possibly be fired blah 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 blah. blah. Well, guess what. They're sitting. Mm-hmm. They're sitting pretty. They're they're sitting pretty now. Uh, they, they've had a. Uh, that was a big, dominating win over what was supposed to be a, a good Wisconsin team. Herbie, uh, do we owe Jim Harbaugh an apology? Well, I don't know. That we owe him an apology, <laughs> but we, we owe him a, an increment more of respect because they they starting they're getting their act together. I mean, Shea Patterson, the the transfer quarterback. Is turning into the guy that they really needed on offense, the guy that they lacked in, in Harbaugh's first few years at Michigan. Uh, that defense, as Blau will attest, I mean, Don Brown is as good as it gets as a coordinator, and, and they, he's got all the pieces to move around there. Uh, you know, that's why I, it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me at all if they ended up being, you know, in the playoff come January because – I think they're 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 more accomplished defensively than Ohio State. Ohio State, you know, as good as, as Haskins is playing on on offense and, and and moving that offense, they've had some tight games the last couple of weeks. You know, against Indiana and Minnesota. Now I don't know what's going on with that. I mean, the point is Michigan has got 
you know, they've got this big game in the East Lansing on Saturday. Look out for Sparty. Uh, Sparty. There you go. Look out for Sparty. That's well, Jersey. You know, that's a tough one. And then uh, they've got Penn State after that. I think there might be a buy in there. But, but yeah, I mean, these next two games are going to define their season. If they get, the, get through those, Ohio State-Michigan uh, is a big game uh, in every sense of the word. Does does Michigan need Notre Dame to lose? I mean, Notre Dame has the chip over Michigan on that first. I don't know how much that matters if if Michigan. I think that's a double edged sword because if Notre Dame loses, then yeah. Michigan moves up in the world. But if Notre Dame wins, then then Michigan's loss at Notre Dame, you know, gains more stature. I, I don't know that there's a competition there. Yeah. I, you know, I I still think that this should this should be in normal years. We should have four different, you know, teams from four different places. Four, you know, three conferences and Notre Dame or four. You know, last year I think was the anomaly. Uh, I don't think you're looking at a Michigan-Ohio State deal, although people are speculating on it. Uh, I would just say Michigan. I don't think the Notre Dame thing really has a big impact for, for Michigan. Yeah. Uh, getting back to spring of Mr. College football, I want to talk some scenarios with uh, – with you about the SEC, and although you know uh, there was some, you know, there's some big losses in the SEC. I don't know what's changed. I I still see see scenarios where, you know, Georgia still controls its destiny. Yeah, you know, this is the same Correct. thing. Georgia lost to at Auburn last year by 23, uh, and came back and got you know it was one play from winning the national title. Um, I still see. Tell me if I'm wrong. Two scenarios where easily two SEC teams get get in. LSU wins out, or Georgia wins out, and and, and Alabama has one loss. You know, maybe like LSU beats Alabama uh, and then wins the SEC, or Georgia wins the SEC and beats Alabama in the champ game. That you know, one everybody's got one uh, one loss. Yeah, well, what 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 Georgia lost Saturday against LSU? All all of their goals are still in front of them. They can still, but this is the one thing they did lose: the scenario that will allow Georgia to lose the SEC championship game and still get in. Right. That 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 was what everybody was. You know, Georgia's twelve and zero, Alabama's twelve and zero, tight game. Georgia loses by a field goal. Georgia still gets in the playoff. That's what they lost on Saturday. Was that was that? But other than that, boys, I don't know if y'all read it on Monday, but the fact I the did. nightmare scenario. I saw it. <laughs> Notre the Dame. nightmare scenario is easily defined. It's it's Alabama uh, finishing twelve and one, not winning the SEC championship, getting to the SEC championship game at twelve and zero, losing to the East champion Georgia, Florida. Dare we say Kentucky? Okay, they <laughs> they are sitting there at twelve and one, and the SEC champ is in, the Big Ten champ is in, Clemson's in. You got one spot left, and it's twelve and one Alabama, winner of five of the last nine national championships, and twelve and zero Notre Dame. Yeah. Hey Tony, you like tonight? Cheers. Or, 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 that argument though. Go ahead, Blau. Sure, what happens in that same scenario, right? Same scenario, exactly happens, and you're deciding, right? I think the team that, that is, it could be in trouble is Clemson, even if they're undefeated. 
because look at look at look at where is their quality win this season? There isn't uh, Mark, you, you you're looking at it logically, Mark. You, you know, <laughs> How dare you? You're you're looking at it logically. Listen, <laughs> Clemson at thirteen and zero has been to the last three playoffs. One right. one of one one of them. They're they're not going to leave Clemson out. You can make the argument for leaving Clemson out, but they won't leave Clemson out. At thirteen and zero, over twelve and over twelve and zero Alabama, twelve and one or twelve and one Alabama, maybe. Uh, well, yeah, Clemson, Clemson right now has got a forty-five uh, SOS strength of schedule in the SAG. Oh, uh, and, they, uh, I don't and Blau's Miami Hurricanes are not helping anybody. I'll just no, say Florida that. State's bad. I mean, look at look look at And if a And M loses the first few more games, Clemson will have no quality wins. Yeah, I I, I would I would be on Blau's side on that because, you know, when you're talking about Notre Dame, Alabama, and Clemson, you know, in, <laughs> terms, in terms of, you know, product and, and marketability as well as, you know, if, if everything else is equal, Clemson is, is not in that mix, you know, for sure my mind. It, in fact, I'm not sure they're going to be a lot. I think people are going to be surprised. I think Clemson, if Michigan wins this week, uh, beats Michigan State, which I think is very iffy. But if they, if they go into Halloween with one loss, I think uh, Clemson could be number five. Oh, <laughs> well, they don't. You know, look, look at it though. I mean, I'm looking at their schedule. They just, as Blau mentioned, they just don't have the quality wins that, that the other teams yeah. point to. Yeah, I mean, hey, I. Yeah. I have, I have, and there's, nothing, uh, and there's nothing on the schedule ahead of them. Either. I, that's right. I mean, that like like Tony said. I mean, that the Miami decline is really, really a that's a Florida tough deal State? for Clemson. Who I have Florida State, I, yeah. I have no problem right now. Put and I do. I have LSU ahead of Clemson in my in my. You know, look at look at look at the quality wins and then and, and and I think L you know I think LSU deserves to be right now ahead of Clemson. Uh, am I wrong? I don't know. No, they, they got a much better resume. Yeah, so that's mm-hmm. so, and, and LSU has a loss. So I think Mark you know, may be on to something there. Um, but sticking on that subject, and Mark, you wrote about it this week, you're Miami Hurricanes, you, and you are a graduate and a, uh, a, a, a huge booster, we know. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of money rolling in from your account into the, into, <laughs> in the case. But uh, how do... Why? Why is Miami? You you wrote about this. They're five and five in their last ten games. Yet right. we treat them. Yet it's hard to get kick them out of the top ten. What? What? Why is that? I just think because people wanted to believe that Miami was back because they started out like ten and all last year, and and then everyone bought into the thing, and then they and they had the swagger, and they had all with the chains and everything like this. And, always, and they beat Notre Dame on national TV badly, so everyone bought it. And since that game, they, they, they've been an average to below average team. I mean, they've been mediocre. Uh, right. I mean, mediocre is being five, five and five. I mean, they're not, they're not horrible. And I, I like Mark Rick. I think he's I think he's great. But but there's a lot of problems down there, and, and I don't trust them. I, I, I mean, they got embarrassed by Clemson in the championship game last year. And what they what they did against Virginia on Saturday, I was watching that game. I was I was going through this. If you 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 know, I talked to you after that game, and if and if you had you know if you were like T Boone Pickens of of South, <laughs> you would have you would have written a check that day, right? I mean, 
To get I, if I had a check, I, I, I you know, and plus, I, like I said, I mean, Mark Rick, I mean, like I said, Tony knows him as well as anyone. He's a, he's a Miami guy, and he was, I think he did a really good job at Georgia. But, I mean, there's some, some calls in there, and that team is undisciplined. I mean, I was going crazy watching the end of that game. That was a winnable game. And they were behind 27-7 at Florida State before they woke up. They just think they can show up. and It's not even you of all. They just can't show up and win the game. they got to play. Right, you said, and, and no one is, is, is. I think you're the, you're angry. I think Clemson fans are angry too that Miami, you know, what that, that the rest of this league is not holding up its, uh, nope. you know, its end. Yeah, you know that that well, is concerning. I, I will I will watch with much interest to see where Clemson is in the first set of rankings. That's the you're right. When we, I, I, that's an interesting where, conversation. Where's Clemson and where's Notre Dame? Well, you know, and, and Notre Dame went in and, and, oh. and scored a huge win at, at Virginia Tech. Uh, you know, kind of that was a game a lot of people thought the Irish were going to lose, and they, they did the opposite of lose that. Uh, so, yeah, there's going to be some interesting uh, uh, scenarios coming up. Uh, Tony, I want to, I kind of want to bring you and uh, and Herb in this because there, there was some, I thought, a couple two outrageous stories this week concerning coaching buyouts. Uh, one of them was, and I think US, USA Today kind of speculated, and this is what they do, they're the they're the contract paper. They have all the salaries and all that. But they actually speculated what it would take for Nebraska to, to buy out Scott Frost. I mean, this was a this was a story. Uh, I, I thought that was that was ridiculous. And go you know, ahead. The other part, the part that's really strange about that is that you know I, I was at Northwestern in Nebraska on Saturday, and I was talking to some of my North, Nebraska friends, and there's really very little. I mean, considering where they're at. There's very little doubt about Scott Frost getting it done there. I mean, he's their homebody. You know, he was he was a great player for them in the '90s. He did an unbelievable job at Central Florida. And the other feeling, you know, on the dark side is if he's not going to get it done there, who is? You know, I mean, they believe they believe in him as as much now. I think as they did in August. They just realized that. You know they don't quite have the personnel, and then they've had some 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 tough breaks. I mean, they certainly did against Northwestern. They were in that Colorado game at the beginning of the season. You know, that's a one play kind of a deal. That was absolutely. Yeah, that's just ridiculous to think about buying well, for Frost. They they got a bad break because the win on their schedule got canceled by a you know by a storm too, right? I mean that that that. Well, that's right. But they're going to get that back. They have Bethune Cookman. Uh, <laughs> Coming up in uh, not this week, but the week after. Well, so yeah, that was that was that wasn't a great deal. Uh, it, um, but yeah, they had some tough breaks. The, the, the sec the second half of this story was I thought that was ridiculous, and then the rumblings in, out of uh, out of uh, Auburn about Gus Malzahn again. Uh, Tony, br- bring us up to. I mean, there are there are stories out there about what it would take to buy to buy out his contract, which is. Thirty something million dollars. What? Why are Why are we talking it's, it's about insane. this? Insane. Why? Well, first of all, Gus Malzahn is seven games into a seven-year contract. All right. Now, are they having a bad year? Yeah, based on preseason expectations, they're having a bad year. But man, oh man, uh, you know, a guy named Brandon Marcella who writes for a, a, a website called Auburn Undercovers, one of the best reporters over there. He was on Feinbaum's show yesterday and said, yeah. as crazy as this sounds, there are people seriously discussing this issue. 
And if they need the money, they would owe him $32 million. They would owe him $15 million in 30 days. Well, and then they pay out the rest of it over the next couple of three years. But people are just losing their minds well, yeah. over this stuff. It's it's crazy. Well, you know, Gene Chizik, I think, is available if they want to bring him back. You know that. Uh, you <laughs> they know. got rid of him two years after a national championship. <laughs> well, there's the there's the bar right there. That's that's the, it. Doesn't it doesn't take long for things to go sour, uh, as we say. Uh, but Man. yeah, this well, is, put it, put it to this one: they play Auburn plays Ole Miss at Ole Miss on Saturday. All right, that's a game they should win, but Ole Miss can score a lot of points. Yeah. Then after that. There's an open date, and boy, that'll be a fun open date if they lose to Ole Miss. Then yeah. it's Texas A&M at Georgia, Liberty at Alabama. They'll go if they lose Saturday. They're going to go five and seven. I'll tell you what, Liberty's not bad either. <laughs> Liberty's having a good year, I believe you. Are you saying give me liberty? Give me, give me liberty, and give me points. Give me liberty, and I'll take the points. So yeah. <laughs> But the, yeah, the, the, well, this is the insanity in which we live because of the the, the, the money. The money just makes everything ridiculous, uh, and it, and it kind of brings brings segs, segs into another uh, thing I want to talk about is is Nick Boza, the Ohio State um, star who who was injured this year, announced uh, this week that you know he's going to forego. He's not going to play. He's going to he's going to make himself eligible for the draft next year, and I thought. For sure, that Urban Meyer would go pro before Nick Boza, but uh, yeah, <laughs> no, I, you know what? As soon as he went down, I, I thought that that's it for him, uh, because you know even if he comes back, you know now they were saying the earliest comeback would be in the postseason. And is he, how much contribution no. can he make? What you know? I just thought that was over. It was well, a shame that the. The guy got hurt, but he wasn't coming but Blau, back. But Blau argues that, or Blau was talking to him earlier, that Nick Boza is passing up a chance, possibly, to win a national title in, in college. I mean, if you come back for the playoffs and you contribute to a semifinal and a championship, uh, you know, but Blau, do you, you have a problem with that's this? The, that's the world we live in, though, Duke. I mean, you, you're right. I mean... I mean, in, in one way, you, you want to be part of it, and, and, and you are a part of them getting really good and being part of last year, and then you get hurt early, and if you're ready to play, you're ready to play. But 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 the, the, his brain and his, his body say, look, it's too much risk and not enough reward, even if it's a national championship. And I mean, I think we're going to see more and more of that as we get further on the Well, road. you know, the other it's scenario is if, if he's not healthy and he right. comes and back cool. and, and, right. and he's right. not going to play well, I don't even talk about injury, He's not going to show well. It, it, it makes no sense for him. Right. Zero. I no sense at all. Uh, I, got, I mean, go ahead, Tony. To me, it's, it, it's one thing. It's one thing if the guy's healthy and bails on his teammates because he just didn't want to take the risk. But it's another thing. It, it's a groin, right? Didn't he have a groin? Or some. It's called a core. Yeah, those, core those muscle. Are notoriously slow to heal, and uh, I, I just. Just to, and he hasn't been able to work out and on and on. I just think he probably should have made the decision sooner. But it's just it, the the risk reward. Just I, I have no problem with it. Nope. Now, if Zero. the guy was completely healthy and decides to bail on a chance for a national championship, then yeah, I'd I'd, I'd, I'd have an issue with that. It, you know, yeah, in a world where he's making what you know uh, room and board and a scholarship and and Auburn and 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 
uh, is talking about buying out a coach for $38 million. That, I have no problem with a guy making that decision uh, about his future. So, you know, that's uh, the money, the money is, changes everything. And uh, good, good luck to Nick Bosa. Um, and, uh, you know, I hope things works out for him. Uh, getting on to this weekend's games, uh, what are you looking at? Tony, what are you looking at your way? Yeah, we got we got a thin slate in the old yeah. Eastern Conference here. The the one one thing you got I want to keep the eye on is LSU at home against Mississippi State. I mean, like I said, I was in Baton Rouge. It was a big emotional win in Tiger Stadium to beat number two. Mississippi State is just good enough to be pesky with Nick with Nick Fitzgerald. They come out flat. This could become like a four quarter game, and something weird could happen. because everybody's already talking about Alabama next week. And so yeah, I'm going to keep definitely keep my eye on that. I'm yeah. going to keep my eye on Vandy at Kentucky because uh, Kentucky is still in the. Oh, they've only got one loss, and that's the Texas A&M. So they're uh, they're still in it. And obviously, I'm going to watch Auburn Ole Miss because if they if Auburn loses, it's going to get real ugly for Gus Malzahn. <laughs> yes, uh, Jersey guy. What anything that's uh, popping out this week? You're looking. Yeah, at- I mean, we talked about this before. I mean. Uh, Clemson comes to play North Carolina State. I mean, they're both undefeated. The game's at Death Valley. We saw a little indication. I think Clemson's gotten the word because if you saw the scroll when they played last week, they won 66 to 3, I think. Uh, they're going to put the pedal to the middle. They have to beat North Carolina State by three or four touchdowns to get some of the credibility back. If that's a tight game, then I think Clemson's going to be. I mean, North Carolina State is, is, is not, not a great team, but it's a good enough team that they're giving trouble. Um, and that's, that's a key game for Clemson, it's a key game for the ACC. Yeah, I mean, NC State's been totally under the radar this year uh, and just kind of, hey, really, they're undefeated? What the, you know, but I, I, I know li- very little about them or how good they might be, uh, but this will be a, we'll, we'll know. Uh, Herbie, uh, Michigan, at Michigan State, uh, this is, you know, although Harbaugh got over the hump of beating a ranked opponent and beating a good team, he's still got that number against uh, arch rivals, right? One and five against... Yeah, you know, the thing about this is that, you know, Wisconsin was not, that that game set up really well for, for Michigan. Wisconsin was banged up in the secondary. They aren't as good as advertised. Uh, but this is the game where Michigan needs to validate, and, and I think they will. I mean, Michigan State's just been too skittery. That, that win at Penn State told me a lot more about Penn State than it told me about Michigan State. Uh you know, the game that, that I'm wondering about that nobody's talking about is Ohio State's going to Purdue. Ohio State not great on pass defense. Uh, there's a two-touchdown line on that game. Oh. But I don't know that. I don't know how that is, that people, you know, knowing what Ohio State did the last couple weeks kind of just didn't, didn't really blow out Minnesota or Indiana. Now they're going to a Purdue team that has a nice offense and has settled down now that they've settled on their quarterback. Um you know, that, that's that's a game that, you know, I'm sort of tempted to almost, I don't know that I'll pick Purdue, but I certainly think that Purdue getting two touchdowns is awfully tempting because they're, they're, they're just the kind of team that can win that kind of game, and, and especially what we've seen from Ohio State so far. Well, you're underestimating Urban Meyer's desire to run it up any, any chance he gets, and he'll, if he can win by 50, he will, unlike Nick Saban, who will, uh, you know, kind of control the score. Uh, by not playing his starters in the fourth quarter, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see if you're right. 
uh, speaking of lines, and these, you know, you know, nobody cares about our, our our losses and our picks, but just to give you an idea about how good these guys are in, in Las Vegas, in the game I had the Washington, uh, uh, Oregon game last week was fifty seven and a half, and and Oregon wins it in overtime, on the number on fifty seven, and they don't have to kick the extra point. <laughs> you know, so, so, so you know, yeah. but this is like, you got to be kidding me. And I know it happened to a uh, uh, Jersey well, guy. It happened the, to me, Goof. I mean, Georgia LSU, the over-under was, was 52 and a half. 52 and a half, right? What was the final score, Tony? I don't remember. Well, oh, Georgia LSU was 36-16, black yeah. 20. You guys got to get half. off of those over-unders. How they do over well, you always go, you know, in college, you got to go over. I mean, the key is you got to go over, you know, so uh, to me. But uh, it's just amazing uh, how close these guys come. Uh, out west, we're looking at uh, uh, nobody cares. Uh, no, USC, we got USC, Utah. And Oregon is a dangerous game at Washington State, a game the Ducks could easily lose. And then all hope is lost if it hasn't been lost already, which it has been. Uh, tell, let's talk a li- briefly before we get out of here. The C- Central Florida. Now we had all these losses, these big shakeups in in the top ten last week. Multiple losses. Guess who sat there spinning its wheels and really didn't move? And this is what I predicted would happen: that Central Florida has kind of reached its plateau. And you know, people that uh, conspiracy theorists or Let's say there's no way that a, a group of five team will, will crack the, the uh, top four. Uh, it was sort of proof, you know, this is kind of an indicator last weekend. Of, there's nothing Central Florida can do uh, to move up. Is this, is this an accurate assessment of the situation? Tony Barnhart. I sound like John, the John McLaughlin there with the McLaughlin rule. <laughs> True or false? Fact or fiction? Uh, is Central Florida stuck? Sure, they got a ceiling. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> they you, got, you know, <laughs> they got a ceiling. No, there's, there's no, there's no doubt about that. Because they, and it's it's because they yeah. they play the the uh, their schedule right now. I wrote this down. One, what is it this week? One twenty-one. I don't know how you improve, you know, approve on that. Uh, well, you know, can they, I fix up there, guys? Go ahead. Uh, Notre Dame was all out to beat Pittsburgh, right? At Notre Dame, right? Yeah. And guess what? 45-14 at Pittsburgh, UCF over, over Pittsburgh. Okay. Are you Central Florida is better than Notre Dame? Anecdotal. No? We, this is anecdotal. No, but you know, the thing I always think about in these instances is, you remember back several years ago, I think it was Orrin Hatch who was championing these discussions <laughs> oh, in, in Congress because Utah was not, you know, they were not in a big conference in those days. And, and Commissioner Delaney, Jim Still Delaney not. from the Big Ten was in Washington, and he made the point that where is it written that we have to deal them in at our party, or, or words to that effect. Uh, and I, think, I it, think that that's what we're talking no, about I, here. I think it was. You know, there's actually been more of an open-door policy for the, the, you know, the lesser, smaller conferences in the last several years well, than ever because the big schools are trying to create this illusion 
that there that there is uh, an opportunity, well, but but they're not going to have an opportunity at the highest level. And, and the other part of it is that week in and week out, the Central Floridas, even if they do play well against a pit, they don't. I don't. The perception and probably the reality is that they're not being challenged week in and week out. Week out, and that's an attrition factor. So. You know, I, I don't. I'm not really one who's worried about whether Central Florida gets into a playoff because I just don't think that. You know, if they want to get into a playoff, then they better get into a different conference. Woo. Well, I think it is. Her, they would argue that it is written somewhere. It's written into the Sherman Antitrust Act of 1890, whatever. And and that's why that's why the big boys keep throwing them money and access because they're worried about a lawsuit and that exactly so, but they're so never they're, gonna they're never gonna pull the full trigger unless you know I, I don't even know how you would do it I, I don't see that scenario well an 18 18 playoff with guaranteed you know access to a, a group of five champion you know that <laughs> they'll is, never get no 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 they will never even with an 18 playoff they will not they're not guaranteeing anybody access to the playoff. They're not going to guarantee that one team from the group of five is going to make the playoff. Yeah. They, 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 they won't do that. They'll, they'll say, we're going to take, right now we take the four best teams. They'll, if we go to eight, we'll take the eight best teams. They'll be in the wild card mix. If yeah. Central Florida is one of those eight best teams, then they get in. Now, right. do they have a better chance of getting in at eight? Of course they do. But they'll never guarantee a spot for the group of five in an 18 playoff, in my opinion. Well, well, no, I, I, Tony's right. And, you know, I, I think we've talked to some, I've talked to a, one of the higher up people in the, in the whole playoff world. And, and one of the reasons they won't go to an 18 playoff, one of the many reasons is for that, because they would be pressured to guarantee a spot and, and, and they just won't do it. Well, the committee will just have to, to rank that team nine. I mean, you know, it's like that's that's up to the committee to say, you know, they can control where a group of five champion ends up in the in the final ranking. So, you know, that's uh, we'll see how that plays out. But uh, but again, what, what dude? What did what did you say the the schedule rating was for UCF? One to one twenty one twenty one. Okay, I mean. Yeah, I mean that that's that's the I mean, reality. With the with a schedule rating like that, yeah, they, they played Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh played Notre Dame tough. That's fine. They didn't they didn't get to play North Carolina, which is too bad. But you've got you to get in. You've got to play some of the big boys, and you've got to beat them. Mm -hmm. I mean, another another example of, of why it is a different world is you know Scott Frost, unbeaten. He's got it all going there. He can take his kids to Disney every weekend, and uh, he was he was leaving, you know. I mean, that's the other part. It's sort of an example, uh, not a, a subjective example, but an important one. I think these guys are going to jump if if they really want to be successful. Well, we talked about this before. The model, the model for this is is what Boise did over many years. You have to sustain top ten excellence, and then have one year where you have the credibility going into the season. And you play somebody on Labor Day and establish yourself. And, and a Boise almost did it in 2010. They almost, they almost did it. But it's like running, you know, drawn to an inside straight. Uh, Central Florida didn't do, they didn't do that. They didn't have a, a sig they don't have a signature possibility uh, this year, I don't think. And that's, that, that's, that's probably going to hurt them in the end. 
anything else anybody got the what's on your mind I don't even, we didn't even get in I'm not we don't have time to do this but it, the, the, this FBI trial uh, this corruption trial going on in in New York is kind of wrapping up and we'll maybe one day we'll talk about this in basketball but I was struck by a quote from the coach K, the, the greatest coach of his generation, who said this week that this is just a blip, uh, and that this is not really what's happening in college basketball. Uh, and I'm, <laughs> I'm wondering, I wonder if he's uh, understating things a, a little oh. bit. Uh, I, I, it's it, it's bad. It's not a blip. It's a bad. It's, but it starts with a B. It's not blip. It's it's bad. Um, you know this this. I don't know that this trial is going to produce anything because uh, uh, the big the big name coaches haven't really been involved in this. It's still kind of the underlings. But well, but then, you know, yeah. Go ahead. Well, he he was. I mean, he's directly involved. I mean, he, I mean, he, he's the he's the the linchpin for all for all of this right now. So. Who is? Rick Patino. Oh, Patino. Well, yeah. Well, he's you know everybody. Uh, well, big name coach. You say. Well, I mean, that's as big as you're gonna get. So. Yeah, he's sort of. I, I, I'm talking big. I'm talking big fish. I'm talking. Yeah, you're right. I mean, Patino, but he's already been disgraced for many other reasons. Well, and, well, uh, but uh, you know, the closer it gets to to Duke, uh, watch out. That's my that's my uh, prediction in this. Yeah. Uh, and that's where that, that's where we're, where things are gonna get. Harry, as they say. Yeah. All right. Well, you know, they they also dodged. North Carolina had that academic situation that you know, they don't want to. They're not going to kill the goose that lays the golden eggs. Well, unless unless it's you know unless somebody else kills it. I mean, they're not going to do it. But uh, I don't know that the uh, you know federal government or, or whatever you know that uh, is going to care much about that. And they're going to have to react to what happens in in the, in the coming months. But I don't think it's it's pretty. Um, but uh, anyway, are we all, are we, are we good? We're good. good. All right. Good, sir. Good. Until next week, another fine discussion, uh, round table. And until next week, adios. Mm-hmm.